Fantastic. And uh, we can stay around and chat at the end. We've got teas and coffees and biscuits. Uh, wonderful. So we want to give maximum time for David and Greta. They travelled a long way, but it's great to have them with us. So let's give a warm welcome to David and Greta. Bless you. Thank you. Whoops. Good morning, everybody. Um, we are from New Zealand. We have five million people living in New Zealand and a land area larger than Great Britain. But the good news is we have 40 million sheep that fill up the space. So uh, we're outnumbered eight to one. But uh, anyway, it's great to be here with you. Uh, I think uh, we've been, we came 2017, 2018, 2019. And now we're here. Uh, this is 2023, isn't it? Yes. So it's kind of like, um, you've gone through three pastors. I wonder, I hope that we didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> I hope that wasn't our fault. But, uh, but you know, what I was feeling um, for you two, because we haven't even sat down, we haven't talked, but I feel like the Lord just wants to encourage you and encourage the people. God has sent you here. You have a wisdom on you both. You're wise builders. And I get the word safe and steady hands. And uh, if I was on a ship, which the church is like a ship, I'd be very happy to have captains like yourselves in the bridge. Safe and steady, wise. Yeah, give them a hand. I, I do believe that God has sent you. Uh, and there's no dis, um, you know, we honor those that have been before, but I feel like God has sent you a wonderful couple uh, for the next season of the life of this church. And... You know, don't look for things to, you know, when a wise builders come, they are methodical and they take time to build well. So sometimes you can build quick and then it all falls over. So be encouraged. Bless you both. Yes. Well, it's, it's just such a great joy and honor to be with you again at last. Um, we have just, you know, we have very fond feelings for, for Encounter Church in our hearts. Um, and just really interesting what David shared I've written some things down that actually have already come to mind for you, and it fits in, but I'll, I'll share it this evening. But suffice to say, what I really sense God say is that he has sent you, and he has sent you for such a time as this. God's timing is impeccable, and uh, we'll, we'll speak more tonight. Well, would you agree the world's gone crazy? <laughs> would you agree with that? Like everything that, I mean, we, we've had cyclones, which is a, our word for hurricane in New Zealand, uh, that has devastated the east coast of New Zealand, flooded our city, Auckland and parts, and people have lost, we've never seen stuff like that. It's just the world's crazy. We live in the Pacific, so there's a huge Asian nation that's saber rattling and threatening war. And, and so the world's gone really crazy, but we shouldn't be surprised, should we? Because didn't Jesus say, these will be the signs uh, that point towards my coming. Earthquakes, famines, wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, uh, uh, the roaring of the seas, which is crazy weather, signs in the sky, which is crazy weather, and other things. He said, look, when you see those things, don't be alarmed, but realize your redemption's drawing near. And so we shouldn't be surprised that we're seeing the world beginning to implode because nations have turned away from God. So what Greta and I want to share with you this morning, Greta's going to share for a few minutes, then I'll come back. We want to share something, some things that will give you keys to walk through this mad season the world is in victoriously. So I encourage you to listen up 
and I trust by the end of it, you'll say, yeah, thank you, Lord. That's going to really help me. So over to you, sweetheart. Well, as we walk through this year and beyond, first of all, I feel there are two things that we need to be aware of. It's very significant that the very first thing I felt the Lord speak to me early on the 1st of January this year were these words, God is in full control. And we really must remember this because the turbulence and the shaking is going to continue in the world. It's going to, it's going to keep getting worse before it gets better. However, in the chaos, we can stay secure and unshaken in the Lord because he wants us to be like an unshakable mountain because our trust is in him. And we also need to remember that although the most difficult days for the church lie ahead, the greatest days for the church lie ahead too. So, And then secondly, it was literally two days later, I felt the Lord say a second thing, and Jesus spoke these words. There are more curveballs coming. Keep your eye on the prize. And as I wrote these words down, both my hands were covered in oil, and that's just simply a sign of the Holy Spirit affirming that I was hearing correctly from, from him. Now, these curveballs are from the enemy. Jesus is warning us so we are not taken by surprise. Now, in baseball, many of you will be familiar with this, a curveball refers to the pitcher spin on a ball so that it deviates unexpectedly. Now, in the natural, a sports coach will say, keep your eye on the ball. Is that right? But Jesus says, keep your eye on the prize then no curveball from the enemy will unexpectedly deviate you off course. And Paul wrote about this prize. He says, the prize awaits me. And when Jesus, who is our great prize, returns, he will award each one of us the prize. And these are these magnificent crowns, and there are a, a few that the Bible talks about. Now, over the past few months, um, I've sensed the Lord speak a number of things for, for the season ahead, but there's been a particular word that has been repeatedly highlighted, and it's up on the screen, and it is the, this word, alignment. It is time to align. And God confirmed alignment through a natural sign um, in our home, through our home ventilation system. And every time, and this hasn't happened before, I would randomly walk past the control panel. I would notice that the temperature was exactly the same in the roof and in the house. For example, it would be 22, 22, 23, 23, 24, 25, 26, 26. So what does this mean? Well, the roof and the house is a picture of heaven and earth. And God desires the same on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, alignment. We pray, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this applies in my own life, in our church, etc. I felt the Lord emphasize three aspects. And I felt him saying, we've got it coming up on a slide. Alignment with my heart, alignment with my will, and alignment with my word. And 
I feel that God is looking for men and women after his own heart who love him and know him in close relationship. And in Acts 13, 22, God said of David, I have found David a man after my own heart. He looks for those who live in full surrender to his will and his perfect plans and purposes. And again, God said of David, he will do everything I want him to do. And then he looks for those who wholeheartedly trust and obey his word so that he can release accelerated spiritual maturity. You know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, we pray that you will become mature. And that's my prayer for all of us. Lord, may we all become mature in you. Now, we cannot align in our own efforts. And God is releasing grace for alignment. This is a special period right now for multiplied grace for the church to come into alignment with heaven. And the number five symbolizes grace. And I have repeatedly come across the numbers 555. And that, that's multiplied grace. And do you know, as, we, as we've been fasting and praying, preparing for this weekend, I feel this applies to the whole church, but especially in counter church. Because in the last 24 hours, I've come across 555 five times. So God is really megaphoning this multiplied grace for Encounter Church that you will successfully accomplish all God's plans and purposes and assignments. Now, why is alignment so important? It's so that God's people, we can be ready, prepared, and rightly positioned to be and do to be that radiant, shining bride of Christ, full of the Holy Spirit and full of power, and to do, successfully accomplish both our personal and our corporate assignments. It's grace, this grace for assignment. Assignments um, and alignments go together. God wants us in alignments so that we can successfully um, complete our assignments. And um, in the latter part of last year, God reminded me again of this multi-generational move that is coming when God pours out his spirit. And he has really important assignments for each one of us. And to fathers and mothers and generals in the faith, a major assignment is to pray. And also to train and equip millennials, the future leaders, to become fathers and mothers. And to millennials, he says, rise up with the generals, learn from them, keep running far beyond the older generation. Rise up to your full potential. You will lead the children of today to become a spirit-filled, mighty army for God in the earth. You will train and equip them to reach a billion of their generation for Jesus. You know, 10 years ago, in 2013, I read this, that by 2025, there will be a billion more children born on the earth. And God's heart is for this next generation to pour out his spirit and his fire on them, um, to, that, that they will know him as well. So as I said, God is releasing grace for alignment 
and he is releasing strength for assignment. He promises supernatural strength as we wait upon him. And there's a scripture that came to mind um, strongly over the past few months. And in October last year, while we were ministering in Australia, um, the Lord confirmed this verse with a photo that you don't expect to see hanging on a bedroom wall. And we have a picture of it coming up. Look at that thing staring at us while we're trying to go to sleep. A picture, a picture of a big wild ox. Well, in ancient Israel, the wild ox was a symbol of strength and power. And the wild ox is a symbol for us, the church, today. And Psalm 92.10 declares this, But you, Lord, have made me as strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. And this verse will become our declaration. We know that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Very interesting that in the natural, even lions are very cautious of a wild ox. Um, my first husband, who's now in heaven, but when Ron and I, um, a number of years ago, we were in a, a huge national park in northeastern South Africa, we came across a remarkable scene. There was a clearing among the trees, and there stood a buffalo, which is a type of wild ox, and he was literally surrounded by a pride of lions who wanted him for lunch. But I tell you, this, this buffalo so fearsomely stood his ground that eventually the lions slinked away. They just absolutely gave up, and there he stood all alone with his horns high in the air, victorious. And what God is saying, I feel, is resist the devil. Stand strong in your faith like that wild ox, and they won't just slink away, they will flee. Any demonic pride of wild lions. And the ox lifts up its horns after winning a battle, and the raised horn is um, in Scripture is a symbol of victory, and this is God's purpose for us, that, that we have a raised horns of victory. So, so in summary, it's time to align with God's heart, His will, and His word, and He's imparting this multiplied grace for alignment and supernatural strength for assignment for us to victoriously complete them. Am I on? There we go. I might point out Greta's prophetic gifting is what we call a seer gifting. So God will often speak in pictures and natural signs. Um, like So she gets a complete prophetic message from a picture hanging on the wall. I just think, what an ugly thing to go to sleep in. And that's all I get, you know. But uh, God speaks to us all in different ways. And, uh, but I love that. I just think, yeah, that is so, so in tune with God. I just get the name Tony and I can't shake it. I don't know if there's someone here called Tony, if it's for someone outside. I've just asked first, is there anyone here? Your name is Tony. Give me a wave if it is. No one? Okay, I'm going to ask, does someone here, you know someone called Tony? It's a young man in his 20s. He has dark hair. Just put your hand up if that's the person. 
That's you, sir. Can you pass this message on to him? It doesn't worry. I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but could you please tell him what's happened here this morning, that God has spoken to me about a young man called Tony in his 20s with dark hair. Here's the message. God knows him. God sees him, and God wants to do him good, and he just needs to come into a greater revelation of God's love and Things are going to so dramatically change in his life. So could you please pass that on to him? That would be great. Thank you. Um, Just before I get into the message, uh, we did bring some books. uh, And I just want to very quickly tell you what we've got down there. Um, This book's called Hope, Finding the Gateway to a Better Future. Uh, Hope is a precious commodity today, greater than gold, silver, and precious stones. Hope is what the world is running out of, but when the world is running out of hope, the church is rising in hope. Is that right? We know the end of the story. We know he's coming back. Of all the people on planet Earth, we should have hope, but we discover a lot of Christians that don't have hope, that are disappointed. This book will light a fire of hope in you. It will help you to have greater levels of hope. So please, I'd love to give that one away. Anyone want a bit of bit more hope? You, um, that lady there, can with the hat on. Thanks, sweetheart. This book's called Afterlife. Everything you want to know about life after death. If you've ever wondered what happens to people that die, uh, this book will really reveal that. What what the process of death, the what heaven is like, judgment day, the return of Jesus. Um, the resurrection, we're all going to be raised from the dead and have resurrection bodies, what those bodies will be like, and the new world that uh, God is going to create, paradise on earth, and, and what we'll be doing in that new world for eternity. The book also has some chapters on how you navigate grief if you've lost a loved one. Uh, Greta and I lost our spouses, and so uh, we've both written some things on how God got us through that and how we didn't know each other, how he brought us together quite miraculously. So that book is going to be a real encouragement. Is there anyone here you've lost a loved one, someone close to you in the last three months? You have? It's Ruth, isn't it? Ruth, uh, would you like to come and get this, sweetheart? Could you pass that to Ruth? That's in the green there. All right. Yep, that's great. Thank you, Ruth. May you be encouraged. God bless you. And this, finally, this book, How to Pray and Change Your World, your personal world, the world around you and our city and our nation. Uh, Jesus revealed a key pattern of how we ought to pray that has been overlooked for hundreds of years and now the Holy Spirit's revealing it again. This book reveals what that key is. It gives a whole lot of other uh, pointers on how you can elevate your prayer life. God is calling the church everywhere to higher levels of prayer. And this book, I, I wanted it to be a guilt-free book on prayer because <laughs> some books you read make you feel pretty useless. So even if your prayer life is zero, like, oh man, I struggle to pray, or you're a prayer warrior, this book will encourage you simply to take another step and be stronger in prayer. Any, yes, I see the hand down the back. You may come and get it. My gosh. That is enthusiasm. God bless you. I love that hunger. That's awesome. Was anyone disappointed you didn't get a free copy? Just raise your hand if you were. Okay, just go and buy one. The disappointment will lift off you at the end. I'm sure someone will take your 10 pounds from you. And there's a card machine there. In, um, in December 2019, as we were about to enter the, a new decade of the 2020s, and this was before we all knew about COVID, I said, Lord, we both were seeking the Lord, actually, about the 2020s, and God shared a lot of stuff with Greta, but this is what he said to me, and I wrote it down at the time. 
This is what I felt the Holy Spirit said. There will be much turbulence in the nations in the coming decade of the 2020s. Tie yourselves to the belt of truth. Fasten it strongly. Those who stand in truth will do exploits for the kingdom. Nations will rise and fall this decade, as will political and societal leaders. For a while it will seem that evil has the upper hand, but this will be turned by the prayers of God's people. Do not cower in the face of darkness, but stand up strong. Though there will be difficult times, there will also be the greatest opportunities for the kingdom of God ever in history. More people are going to hear the gospel than ever before. This turbulence will continue in 2023, and and I felt like throughout the 2020s. And as I said earlier, these are all just signs of the the coming of the Lord Jesus. Um, But it's not a time to let darkness overwhelm us. And I think one of the keys for the global church to handle difficult days, see, Paul writing to Timothy, and he was in a Roman prison, and he knew he didn't have long to live. He said, Timothy, in the last days, there will be difficult times. There will be difficult times. And the church globally, we need to know how to handle those difficult times. And one of the great keys for learning how to handle the difficult times is what that title says. It's time for spiritual fathers and mothers to arise. And we go to a scripture found in 1 John 2, verses 12 to 14, that talks about this. And here's the Apostle John. He's an old man now. He's writing uh, to some uh, churches, and he says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name, Jesus. I'm writing to you, fathers and mothers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men and women, because you've overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers and mothers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men and women, because you're strong, and the Word of God lives in you, and you've overcome the evil one. Three categories of maturity that he was uh, articulating, and it's the one about the spiritual fathers and mothers that I want to zone in on uh, right now. Who are the spiritual fathers and mothers? Well, this verse tells us twice. They are those who know him who's from the beginning. Those are spiritual fathers and mothers. But what does that mean? Sounds nice. What does it mean? Well, let's go back to the beginning to find out. Genesis 1, verses 1 to 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And that Hebrew word for formless can be translated chaos. So the picture you have here is of a world that is chaotic and dark and formless. Sounds a bit like today, don't you think? Chaotic and dark. And the, but the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the chaos and darkness of the primeval world, waiting for a command to come from heaven. And in Genesis 1 verse 3, we read, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And as you read the rest of Genesis 1, you discover how God begins to create order out of chaos and light out of darkness. And by the time you get to the end of Genesis 1, you have a fully functioning paradise planet called Earth before the fall. I trained as a scientist at university, 
have an honors degree in chemistry and with a bit of maths, and I'm still amused at the number of people that believe the lie of evolution. I think it takes more faith to believe that we evolved from Big Bang and Lucky Slime, and here we are today, than it does to believe in God. And some of you have been indoctrinated at school and at university with evolutionary theory, which is nothing more than a theory, and you need to know Darwin discounted it and discredited it at the end of his own life. We believe that God created the earth and the heavens. The glory is his. The honor's his. If you believe evolution, you're believing a lie. I'm saying it strongly because I see students here, and you have been sucked in by a lie, and if the devil can cause you to doubt Genesis 1, he will cause you to doubt other parts of the Bible. I love the story of the little girl that said to her, Mummy, Mummy, I'm confused. You say we're created in the image of God. Daddy says we came from monkeys. Mummy said, Well, honey, I'm talking about my side of the family. Daddy's talking about his. To know the one who's from, some of you are so offended at me right now. Come on, get over your offense. You really believe evolution's true. I can't believe that, that you're so offended that I would point out the truth to you. Get over yourself and believe the book. Believe the word of God. Don't believe what your professors and educators tell you because they've been sucked in. To know the one, I'm, I'm sorry I'm being strong. Well, I feel a bit of contention in the room because of what I've said. That tells me you've swallowed a lie, some of you. Not all of you. I know most of you are perfect in the room, but some of you have swallowed that lie. And you need to just say, well, God, show me the truth. And if you pray that, he will. To know the one who's from the beginning is to know unshakably that God can bring order and light out of chaos and darkness. That's what it means to know him who's from the beginning, to know that the Holy Spirit hovers over every chaotic situation, over every dark situation in your life, over every problem that is bringing darkness and chaos to you personally, to your family, to your business, to your, your um, city, your town, your nation, to know that despite the darkness, despite the chaos, despite the destruction, we see that devil working, the Spirit of God is still hovering, and spiritual fathers and mothers don't panic because they know him who's from the beginning. They know that if God could create order at the beginning, he can do it again. He can do it now. If you believe that, if you have faith in that, and sometimes chaos and darkness are the product of our own poor decisions or sin. So we need to examine our hearts and repent if that's the case and change with God's help. But there's a chaos and darkness that is satanic and due to evil. And as we resist in faith, prayer, and declaration, God will transform it. The fathers and mothers in the faith who stand in confidence in God's ability to do this will give great security to those who are spiritually younger. It's not time to cower, but to be strong. My first wife, Jane, was born up the road in Cheshire. And she grew up here in England in her early 20s. She came out to New Zealand for a visit. We met and married, and she, she never came back. She lived in New Zealand. But when we, before we were 
getting married, she said, look, I've been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Um, I'm in remission, but you need to know that. And that's a horrible neurological disease. And sure enough, five or six years into our marriage, the disease kicked in. And sadly, she had the worst form of it. There are different forms of MS. She had the chronic progressive, just gets worse and worse. So she ended up in a wheelchair for the last 20 years of her life. And of course, we prayed for healing, as you would. We prayed for a miracle. We prayed, God, just come on and intervene. And, and, uh, and, but it never happened. And so she finally, the disease took her, and she passed away. And I remember the day she died, as I went down to the bedroom, the paramedics had tried to revive her. She'd had pneumonia. She'd stopped breathing. And I went to say my goodbyes, and I said, Lord, I don't understand why you have not healed her, but you give, you take away. Blessed be your name. And I vow to keep praying for the sick. Because you see, sometimes we allow disappointment to create the theology of our belief system. Oh, I didn't get healed, so I'm not going to pray for the sick. Or that didn't happen, so I'm not going to go there again because I don't want to be disappointed again. But I think our theology has to come from the Word of God. Is that right? Our theology has to come from the book that says, I'm the Lord that heals you. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of healings and miracles. And there's a lot of other scriptures that talk about God as a healing God. And so I said, Lord, I vow to keep praying for the sick and train others to do it. Didn't have a clue how to do it. But as I navigated through grief and then Greta and I met and married, the following year, God gave me the idea of running something called a school of the supernatural. And in the church I was based at at that time, we ran it for eight Thursday nights, two sessions a night and an intensive weekend. We talked about things like the baptism of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit, healing and deliverance and prophecy, the gifts of the Spirit, the Father heart of God, uh, etc., etc. And it was so successful and popular, other churches started hearing about it. See, could you come and run one for us? Well, you can't run an eight-week course for lots of churches. So we shrank it down to a weekend, a Friday night, Saturday. In some churches, we even shrink it to a Saturday. And so Greta and I began to run these schools of the supernatural uh, soon after we were married. And now we've run scores of them uh, in New Zealand, Australia, uh, the United Kingdom. I think we ran one here in 2017. Some of you might have uh, remember that. And, um, and literally we have seen thousands of people equipped to operate in the supernatural. And we've seen hundreds of people healed. And 90% of those healings have been not by Greta and me praying, but by the people praying. I love that. And here's one testimony that I've got to um, share with you. This is a lady. She says, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. At first I was in denial, but then the symptoms began to increase. I had continual pain down the left side, weakness in my legs, slow thoughts and speech, giddiness and discoordination. Although I was now fearful of going out alone, I made it to the school of the supernatural and went forward for healing. I was desperate as the pain down my left side was awful, and I felt I could not live with it. As I walked away after prayer, I noticed I was pain-free. I could not stop praising God. The next day, as I was going to the meeting, I suddenly realized I was walking fast and my legs felt strong. The slowness of thought and speech had also gone. And we only discovered that a year later when we visited that church. And a year later, she was in really good health. That lady was here in Birmingham. 
at BCC, another Elam church, and got miraculously healed. To this day, she can't remember, and we don't know who prayed for her. It doesn't matter. Jesus did a miracle. And I love that because my first wife passed away from MS. But I, I said at the time, well, Lord, don't waste those 20 years of praying. Let others be the beneficiary of all those prayers. And we've actually seen two ladies here healed of MS and one in New Zealand. And Greta's husband, Ron, died of a heart attack. Um, and she's seen God do creative miracles. And I think it would be really wrong for me to keep preaching right now because Jesus is here to heal. And could we take a couple of minutes to release healing? If you need healing in your body, like you're in pain, you can't move some part of your body either because of pain or some chronic illness, or you have some other condition and you need a healing touch, would you quickly stand to your feet? Sweetheart, could you come and join me? I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. You just need to stand up right now. We're going to pray over you and ask the Lord to bring a healing miracle to your life. We were in Singapore last week and we did this in a big church, and we just saw God heal so many people. And uh, this is a very healthy church. Normally when we say this, two-thirds of the people stand. So I don't know what's going on here, but I bless you. You're so healthy. Look at you all. <laughs> I want you to just put your hand uh, on the part of your body that needs healing. If you can't reach that part or it's, the disease is all over, just put your hand on your heart and... Uh, and those are sitting around, um, I'm just going to be asking you to pray. Would you do that? Just be praying for the ones that are standing. And so, Lord Jesus, we ask you to come right now. And in these next moments, by your Spirit, I pray that you would release healing through this room. I take authority over sickness, over pain, <clears throat> over infirmity, and over affliction. I bind it in the name of Jesus. And we break all pain in this room. We break all sickness in this room. And now Greta's going to release healing anointing. And as she does, if you're standing, then by faith, as she releases it, just take it to yourself. If there was some part of your body that you couldn't move, just begin to move it in faith. And as you often just do that and at that simple faith action, you'll find God will bring healing. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the healer and you have given us authority in your name to heal. So in the authority of the name of Jesus, I release healing to you. In Jesus' name, be healed, be set free from every, every affliction, every condition, every injury and disease right now. Holy Spirit, release your healing anointing power. Let your power fill every, every body, every single person standing. Lord, touch your people in your compassion. The compassion of Jesus heal you now. Yes, in the name of Jesus, just let a wave of healing touch you right now. Uh, just see people, you're being healed in your back. And right now, just somebody's feeling warmth in your lower back, and just begin to wriggle that. You'll find the Lord is easing that pain in the name of Jesus. Uh, I believe there are heart conditions and also lung conditions. And so right now, we just release healing into your chest area in Jesus' name. Just take a deep breath in. Right now, God is dealing with that asthma, dealing with that emphysema, or whatever the condition is, uh, in the name of Jesus. 
Sweetie, release healing and, on hearts. Um, there, there might be just also with, with mm. the lungs, um, somebody having problems post-COVID with long COVID, we say, I release a miracle of um, new lungs to you. Lungs be made new right now in the name of Jesus. And, and, yes, oh, yes, and if there is um, anybody with a heart problem, um, in Jesus' name, receive a creative miracle of a new heart. Mm. We have seen God do this, and he loves to do it. Thank you, Hearts Jesus. be made new right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I bless your heart mm. to function perfectly for all the days of life that God has ordained for you. Just one last one, headaches. Um, just put your hand on your head. Uh, this could be intermittent. It could be there's somebody you get things regularly, headaches, even migraines regularly. And today the Lord Jesus sets you free. Just put your hand on your head. We break those things off you. You may not have it at the moment, but we break it off you now. And the Lord heal you and set you free in Jesus' name. And God's healing a sore shoulder right now. Um, all the pain on movement is will go mm. and you'll have full free movement of that sore shoulder. Mm. Amen. You can take your seats. If you discover today or in the next few days that God has done a healing, could you make sure that you let somebody know, let the office know, because it's always great to report, and you'll be surprised at what God does. Sometimes healings come in two or three days later, so just have that stance of faith, and we've just seen God do amazing things. You know, God is an expert because he's the shepherd of our souls at turning chaotic situations into order, dark situations into light. And whatever you're facing today, uh, whether it's financial or emotional or spiritual or there's some pressure on your life, uh, some anxiety, uh, some of you are worried about your kids who are away from God, some of you older ones, you have grandchildren that you're really concerned about and they're sort of operating in the realm of darkness. You just need to know He's the one who's the good shepherd. He can transform things. And I believe one of the key scriptures that we need to know for 2023 is Psalm 23. Okay, it doesn't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to put those two together. Psalm 23. How many know what Psalm 23 is? Okay, a few of you. This is what it is. Psalm 23 says, The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. You're going to get a restoration, son. I'm telling you what, God is going to restore what has been lost in your life. So believe him that he, you will get back like King David lost everything. And God said, pursue, you will recover all. So go after it in faith. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I memorize that because when Jane died, handling grief in the middle of the night is not easy. It's like grief in the daylight is bad enough, but in the middle of the night, it's like the enemy plays havoc with your mind and your emotions. And I found I could counter that by quoting Psalm 23. Well, Lord, you're going to get me through this valley. And you know what? We all kind of love the green pasture bit. 
don't we? We're like, oh, that's so cool. The green pastures, still waters. You know, like in New Zealand, you see that with 40 million sheep <laughs> just lying around on the grass and uh, the carefree munching away. And then we think, oh, that's wonderful. And, and then we get spiritual and say, wow, God, this is so good. Lord, I really want to live for you. I want to bring honor to your name. Would you guide me? The Lord says, sure, I'll guide you. And he starts to guide us. And we think this is great. But before too long, we hit valleys. There's uh, the valley of trouble. God says, I'll make it a gateway of hope. There's the valley of weeping. God says, I'll make it a place of refreshing. There's the valley of dead, dry bones. He says, God, I'll make it a place of resurrection. And there's the valley of the shadow of death where you may lose a loved one or you may lose something, a business, a a vocation or, or a friendship or whatever. And we all get to walk through valleys because valleys test us. And we just say, oh, God, I didn't sign up for valleys. I want the green pastures. I want to go back, please. There's no turning around in the valley. You just got to, the only, there's no way going back. You got to go through it. But here's the good news. I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. He's with you in the valley. And sometimes you don't feel like it. You feel like you're walking that valley on your own. You don't know that you could share with him. No one's going to understand what I'm going to say. No one will know your pain except you and God. But listen, even though you don't feel his presence, he's with you in the valley. And you will feel his presence. And his rod and staff, his rod, he strikes your enemies. His staff, he pulls you close to himself. They will comfort you. And you know what? If you handle the test of the valley, if you keep walking with the good shepherd through the valley, through the trouble, through the difficulties, you know what God will bring you out to? A feasting table. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Right now, as you're walking through the valley, God is... I'm Middle Eastern. That's why I look a bit funny, okay? Uh, I'm born in New Zealand, but uh, I know I've got dark eyes and a big nose and all that stuff and wavy hair. But um, my ancestors were Lebanese and Persian, okay? So I'm full-blooded Lebanese slash Persian. So I tell you what, Middle Eastern hospitality is amazing. When God says he prepares a table for us, that's Middle Eastern style. I tell you, there's no water and crackers on that table. There is feasting. There is this. My mother, when she did a kind of a mezza meal for our rallies, the table groaned with food. I mean, you Africans know what I'm talking about, don't you? You know, you, you gosh, cultures. So we're talking feast. He prepares a table. While you're walking through the valley, God is on the other side of it, setting the table for you. And when you finally come out, he sits you down at the table and you begin to feast on the goodness of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And the very things the devil threw at you in the valley, you're going to be feasting on. He threw sickness on you. You're going to be feasting on healing. He threw poverty at you. You're going to be feasting on financial provision. He threw depression at you. You're going to be feasting on joy and gladness because your God has brought you through. Not only that, he says he anointed anoints you with, uh, with oil and your cup overflows. It was oil that a host would give their guest for hospitality. It's called favor. When you've walked through those valleys and hung on to God, He will anoint you with favor and provision. And when you've got God's favor on you, you're going to have favor with people. Doors everywhere will begin to open. You'll be the first in the queue for the job. The favor of God will be upon you. Why? Because you never got offended. Ended at God in the valley. 
where some people do, and they turn away from Christ. Well, why didn't God come through for me there? Why didn't God do that? But you're you're saying, no, I'm not going to get offended. I don't understand. I'm going to live with the mystery of why it never happened. One day God will explain, but I'm going to hold on to my Jesus, and I'm going to keep walking in faith because I want that feasting table. I want that favor. I want that provision. And when you did that, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. It will pursue you. It will chase you. It will run you down in your 30s, 40s, 70s, 80s, 90s. It'll be following you. And finally, when it's time to kick the bucket, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Kick the bucket is Kiwi slang for dying, okay? Just want to explain that. We probably got it for the English. (laughs) Come on. That's what spiritual fathers and mothers know. They know that on the other side of the valley, there is blessing. They know that in the valley, there is one who will get you through. And we need to say to the younger, hey, God's going to do the same for you. If we can have our scripture back on the screen, 1 John 2, 12 and 14, as I bring this into a conclusion, uh, John talks about three levels. You'll see them there, uh, children and young men and women and and spiritual fathers and mothers. And if you have a look at the the different characteristics, we're coming up on the next screen. Uh, Children, if we can have that next slide, that would be great. Children know their sins are forgiven through faith in Jesus and that God is their father. Some of you sitting here today may be pretty new Christians. You may not have known Jesus for long. It might be all fairly fresh and new to you. Some of you might have only known the Lord a few years. And the thing that that you need to know is that your sins are forgiven. You don't have to feel shame over your past. You don't have to feel regret over the wrong things that you did. Because one of the things the devil will torment you with is your past. And he'll try and condemn you. You did that. You slept with that person. You said that. But you need to say, no, yeah, I did all that. But my Savior died on a cross for me. He shed his blood that my sins could be forgiven. My faith is in my Savior, Jesus. And when I put my trust in him, my God removes all my sins. And it says, children, you know your sins are forgiven. And you know now that God is your father. He's not some severe figure in heaven ready to smack you around the head every time you do something wrong. He's your father. John 1.12 says, as many that, rece- that believe in Jesus and who receive him, he, Father, gives them power to become children of God. You're not a religious person because you've met Christ. You're a child of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Your sins are forgiven. Don't let your past torment you. Say it's under the blood of Christ and the Lord will help you overcome sins because none of us is perfect, but the Holy Spirit will help you get victory over things. What about young men and women? You've been on the road a little while now. And you've become spiritually mature. And the key to becoming a young man or woman in the Lord is the Word of God. It says, I write to you young men and women because the Word of God lives in you. And because of that, you're strong and you've overcome the evil one. Very interesting in America in the last few years, they did a survey of 80,000 Christians to see how many times they read the Bible. And this is what they discovered. They found that Christians who read their Bible once a week, it 
pretty much made no difference to them compared to a non-Christian. Uh, Christians that read their Bible a couple of times, negligible difference. Christians that read their Bible three times a week, some difference. But then they were stunned to discover that people that read their Bibles at least four times a week, there was a stunning difference in their life. Now, I think five, six, seven times a week is great, but this is four times. Listen to these statistics. If you read your Bible more than four times a week, this is what they discovered surveying these Christians. They found loneliness dropped by 30%, anger dropped by 32%, bitterness in relationship dropped by 40%, alcoholism dropped by 57%, feeling spiritually stagnant dropped by 60%, viewing pornography dropped by 61%, sharing their faith increased by 200%. Four times a week. Now, I've got a theory why it spikes from three to four. It's more than half the week. If you commit to reading the precious word of God more than half the week, God is going to exponentially bless you. So could I encourage you? Look, I say go seven times a week. But if you can't do that, four times a week. Wow. We are washed by the washing of the water of the word. And that's where you get a biblical worldview. And then we have fathers and mothers who know, as I've already said, God turns chaos into order, darkness into light, and escorts them through valleys that threaten their existence. The key is to grow through the levels and not stay children. And this is not age-related. You can have a 20-year-old who's walked through some trials and difficulties, come out the other side, and they can be a spiritual father and mother to the next generation behind them. You can have a 60-year-old still bitter at what God didn't do 15 years ago, and they're stunted in their growth. It's not a physiological age thing. It's a spiritual age thing. And this lady here in the red and the white cardigan, and you were on stage. I was looking at you, and the Holy Spirit was telling me, boy, have you gone through some trials and difficulties in your life? But there you are on stage worshiping God, and God is so pleased with you. And you're about to come into a greater fullness of being a spiritual mother in the faith. And you're going to have an impact on many young women Uh, you're going to really be able to share the secrets of clinging to God in the times of difficulty and trial and trouble and to maintain a sweet spirit like you have. So just be really encouraged. The key is to grow through the levels and take every level with you. So spiritual fathers and mothers still know that as children, your sins are forgiven. They still love the Word of God. Uh, young men and women, you still know that your sins are forgiven, etc., etc. You take every level with you. 2023 may be a stormy year, but those who trust in the Lord will walk with an overcoming spirit. And I believe that fathers and mothers in the faith need to help the next generation become strong. I love what St. Francis of Assisi said, and I'll close with this. He said, all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. Wow. There's a lot of darkness today. But you have a light in you. His name is Jesus. And that darkness will not overcome you. And as I was just praying about this meeting today, I wanted to do two things. Number one, some of you here may not yet know the Lord Jesus as your Savior and Lord. 
Or maybe you once did, but you know that you've walked right away from God. And I would love to create an opportunity for us just to pray. Or I'd love to include you in a prayer that would allow you to give your life to Christ or come back to Him. And we're going to do that right now. If we could all just close our eyes to help us concentrate. And then just before the end, we're going to do another prayer. But right now, if you know that you need to give your life to Jesus... It says, as many that receive him who believe in his name, he gives them power to become children of God. If you know that you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to come back to him today, right where you're sitting right now, could you just raise your hand in the air? That'll be an indicator that I can include you in the prayer. God bless you, young lady. And, and two, two or three of you down the back, you can put your hands down. And down here, young man, God bless you. Just hold your hand up high if I've missed you. Yeah, I've seen you. Thank you, young man and, and young lady there. Thank you. Anyone else as I just scan the room? Okay, I don't see any other hands. I think there's five or six hands that went up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer that I want you to pray out loud if you raised your hand. But I'm going to get the whole church to join you. So we'll all pray it together. We'll pray along with you. So here we go. Just follow me phrase by phrase. And if you mean this with all your heart, God will do this. Here we go. Say it after me now. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me today for all my sins. I'm sorry, Lord, and I turn from them and I turn to you. I believe you died on a cross for me and you rose again from the dead. So I now open the door of my heart and ask you to come and live in me. Lord Jesus, I now receive you into my life. Give me power to live for you for the rest of my days. Amen. Well, if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer and meant it with all your heart, that's what God has done. But listen, you're only halfway there. You've, you've prayed in secret. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your lips that he's Lord, you will be saved. So what I want you to do in a few minutes, the meeting will be over. People will be having tea and coffee. Uh, if you raised your hand and prayed that prayer, there were five or six of you, I want you to come and tell one of the pastors. You'll know who they are, Pastor Isaac. The other pastors, uh, Phil and Wendy, and other leaders in the church, some of the elders, I want you to go and say them and say, hey, that was me. I prayed the prayer. And in telling them that you did that, you will be sealing what God has done today. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want everyone over four, under 40, could you stand to your feet, please? Sweetheart, could you come and join me? Everyone over under 40. Sorry, under 40. I know some of you are over 40, attempted to stand, but please don't. <laughs> you know, they talk about the millennial generation, you know, Gen Y, Gen Z. There is something God is going after in this next generation. And you, as I look around the room, you're under 40. This is a very, you need to know God is for you. God loves you. And I think that you are facing some of the toughest things that any generation your age has ever faced. And I felt like the Holy Spirit say to you today, do not believe who you are by what your peers think 
or by what social media says. You need to know Him who's from the beginning. And we as spiritual fathers and mothers and those sitting down around you are spiritual fathers and mothers cheering you on that we want you to not only be children who know your sins are forgiven, but we want you to become young men and women who are strong and the Word of God lives in you. And I'm going to ask Greta to just pray a general prayer of blessing over you. Then we're going to do something quickly after that. So just as, could you lift your hands like you're going to receive something from the Lord. Thank you. Yes, Father, I thank you that you and Jesus are passionately after this young generation. And Lord, would you just pour out your Holy Spirit upon each one now as the Spirit of truth. Just receive, be filled with the Holy Spirit of truth. And I release to you a fresh fire of passion and love for Jesus, who is the truth. And Holy Spirit, would you just bring increasing revelation that they may know you, O God, who is from the beginning, and that they might know your plans and purposes for their life. May, Lord, would you release a revelation of Father's deep love for everyone here, that, that your identity will be rooted in the love of God and that you will do great exploits for Jesus throughout your life. Protect them, Father. Protect them, Lord. Would you release your mighty angels to surround each and every one in Jesus' name. Those older ones sitting down, could you stand and just go quickly, lay your hands on these ones and say, let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn in you. Let there be a love and a passion for the Word. May you grow into the next level of who God's called you to be. I think there's more standing than sitting. So you're just going to spend 30 seconds, lay hands quickly on somebody. Bless them as the Lord leads you. Quickly pray for them. And then you might need to pray for two or three to get everybody covered. And just go and bless them right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you've been prayed for, uh, young folk, you can take your seats and then we'll just know those are still standing and the ones left to, that need prayer still. So if you've been prayed for, you can be seated. But if not, just remain standing and we'll get some older ones to come to you. And just quickly go and bless them. We release the fire of the Holy Spirit over your life. A love for the Word, a love for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just take another 30 seconds, folks, and we're going to finish because there's just one more thing I'd love to do. All right, if you've been prayed for, you can sit down. I'd like those over 40, if you could stand, please. Those over 40, could you stand, please?
I want, it, I want people under 40, could you go now to these spiritual fathers and mothers and pray for them that God would reveal himself to them, that they would know him who is from the beginning. Would you just go and pray for them your best prayer and bless them. The younger blessing the older, the older blessing the younger. We've got a lot more young folks, so this should be, everybody should be covered. Just go and bless them and pray for them. Just take a couple of minutes. Once again, when you, once you've been prayed for, you can take your seats so that we can see who still needs to be ministered to. So one final prayer I'd like to pray, and then I'm going to hand back to Pastor Phil. Uh, Father, my prayer is that in this church, you will just grow us all to another level of maturity. That this year, 2023, we will step beyond where we currently are. You know, you don't become a full young man or woman in a flash. You grow into that. You don't become a spiritual father and mother in a moment. It's just like a growth process. So Lord, I just pray one step after another. I pray grace upon this church. And I ask, ask, Lord, that you'd grow us all in maturity in the name of Jesus in these troubling days. That Lord, this church will shine out as lovers of Jesus with spiritual mums and dads, with young men and women strong in you, and with children, those coming to know Christ, who know the joy of their sins being forgiven. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, David and Greta. Thanks for everyone joining in uh, and praying. And uh, I hope you're encouraged this morning. Just to say that uh, we will sing a song to finish, I think. The band are on overtime, but we can afford that. So um, we'll sing one more song in a minute. And uh, But David and Greta and one or two others will be down here at the end. I'm sure you'll pray for people if they would like to come, like to come and chat with them. That's fine. Uh, sometimes, for some, you might not have been in a meeting like this before, um, uh, and that's fine as well. So if you have questions, you're very welcome to ask questions, uh, and it's time you just trust God, you're just doing great things amongst us, and we take hold of everything that you've got for us. So, so let's stand, let's go out as we worship the Lord this morning, and following that we'll have teas and coffees, and again, you can come and be prayed for, and uh, chat, that has been great to see you this morning. Thanks, Isaac. <laughs>